Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm so excited to share with you some incredible interviews with wonderful entrepreneurs, business owners, and amazing people in my life that are practicing gratitude, self-love, and living with kindness. I also sprinkle in a few solo episodes, and occasionally you'll see family members join in for the fun as well. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to welcome you to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and today I'm doing a very special podcast all about raising grateful kids. And you'll hear from my own daughter. Uh, Her name is Celine, and she's nine years old, and she's going to share some of the ways that she is grateful and practices gratitude. Before I get into that, I wanted to share a little bit about our story And sort of what's been happening over the last couple of years, because I think one of the things that's helped us get through these really challenging times is the fact that we have a gratitude practice and that my daughter actually has a gratitude practice. I was looking at some Facebook memories this morning and I was reminded about two years ago when I posted a blog post about what had been going on in our lives. And I'm usually a fairly authentic person on social media. I would say I do my best to avoid being bright and shiny on social media. But often when I'm in the middle of a crisis or a really challenging time, I tend to shut down and not share, even with my closest friends, what's really going on. And it's interesting, you know, as I look back on some of these more challenging times, some of my dearest friends had no idea how difficult things really were because I wasn't really sharing with them. I I think I was partly embarrassed. So what happened was we had moved across the country from Ontario where my daughter was born and grew up. And we had a dream to move to British Columbia, so the other end of Canada. And we knew the neighborhood we wanted to live in. We'd visited the town. But we did end up buying our house sight unseen, which I think was probably a little bit of the challenge. But what happened was something, you know, even though my daughter had visited the school the summer before, she knew where she was going, there was just something about going to a new school, leaving all her friends behind and everything that caused her an incredible amount of anxiety and stress. And the whole experience became really, really traumatic for our entire family. So in the morning, it would be a huge fight for us. Uh, My husband and I disagreed on what to do and how far to push her. We, We couldn't understand why we just couldn't get her to go to school. And The few people that I did speak to during that time also were like, well, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Have you, you know, and I was like, yeah, I've kind of tried everything. And she had so much fear and so much anxiety that she actually thought the kids at school were going to try and kill her. Now we knew that that wasn't true. There was absolutely no evidence of bullying and she actually had a number of friends uh, from the few days that she'd been to school. But the more we pushed her to go to school, the more afraid she got until one day she said she couldn't take it anymore and she would rather die than go to school. She was seven. 
So the next day we had an appointment for emergency counseling and the therapist knew that the only solution would be to officially homeschool. I mean, she wasn't going to school anymore, so it was simply about making it official. And our daughter was relieved. The thing is, I wasn't. I was angry about it. And what basically happened is I had imagined our life would be a certain way when we moved across the country. You know, this idea of everything going great, my daughter going to school, me being able to work. I had already been working from home uh, for about 12 years at the time, so I was used to having time alone to do my work. And instead of grieving the loss of that, I just got really, really angry. I was angry at my daughter. I was angry at my spouse. I was angry at my family. I was basically angry at anyone who was trying to help me. And I really felt forced into a situation that I didn't ask for. And I had sacrificed my own freedom and lifestyle for the sake of my kid, which I'm certainly not the only parent to feel this way. So as we started navigating this new road with her being at home with me all the time, I really found it hard to make it work. I, I didn't want to give up my business, uh, but I also knew that she really needed me. So we fought almost every day. And when things got really, really bad between her and I, I said something really terrible. I told her that I didn't want to be with her anymore. You can imagine that using that kind of language for a kid that has separation anxiety would be absolutely the worst thing you could say to her. I didn't mean it, but I was just so frustrated at her being stubborn and not able to listen to me and her dad that I just gave up. I let all of my anger come to the surface and I took it out on her and I forgot that she was only a small child who wants to feel safe with her mom. You know, when I look back at photos from that time, I see how tiny she was, how unwell she looked, how she had deep, dark circles under her eyes. She was so skinny, not healthy looking at all. And I can just see how difficult all this was for her. And I, you know, even just reading this again, and and I'm, you know, sharing from a blog post that I wrote two years ago and just feeling those feelings again, it really is the worst thing I've ever said or done as a parent telling my kid that I didn't want to be with her anymore. So at the time, you know, can the damage be repaired is the question, right? Can we repair it? I mean, of course, uh, the goal is to become a better parent and to help her to have those bonds and to gain confidence that she can feel safe when she is not with mommy and to help her to have the tools and strategies to overcome her anxiety. And, you know, we've definitely been through a lot. It's, it's been challenging for us on a number of levels, but we've come a long way. It's two years later. It's definitely come a long way. What's really interesting, friends, is that I still kept a gratitude journal during all this time. And I found it this morning. I, I was looking, you know, to see if I had it. And I started reading some of the things that I'd written in my gratitude journal. And although I know what was happening underneath, I still found things to be grateful for every single day, even during those really 
really, really difficult times. It's amazing actually that I did keep going with my gratitude journal and so did she. Like we just, we knew that that moment of finding something good in the day is what would help us to get through things. So when I look at where we are today, uh, we've come a really long way. I, we live, actually we moved again, which you would think might make things worse for the anxiety, but it actually was really good. We moved to a really beautiful community. We live on Vancouver Island. We're surrounded by nature. Um, I still struggle with mom guilt around doing my work and being there for my daughter, definitely. However, there are less incidents of stress. She's much healthier now. She participates in activities. She has a community of friends that she loves to spend time with. And we continue to see a therapist. We found a really excellent family therapist here on the island. Uh, both her and I speak with her and connect with her to help us to, um, to f- with some healing, absolutely, and then strategies for when um, we do get caught up in that anxiety. I've also learned and acknowledged that both my daughter and I are empaths and both of us are highly sensitive people. And I think that's actually really good to sometimes acknowledge and and learn more about the person that you are and the way that you react to things because it gives me a better understanding of not only how to treat her, but also how to be more loving and kind to myself. You know, one of the biggest things that uh, happened when this first happened with my daughters, I lost my time alone. I completely lost my time alone. And that was a huge problem for me. I hadn't realized how much I needed to be alone to recharge my batteries. I now know that part of being an empath and a highly sensitive person is that my energy is recharged by being alone, being in nature, being quiet, and that was gone for me. So I was really, I was pouring from an empty cup because I wasn't doing the things that filled my cup. I... You know, when I was reading my gratitude journal from that time, um, I noticed many times where I had said, you know, I'm so grateful to get to the sunrise this morning. So the sunrise habit has been around for a long time and I was doing it as a coping mechanism and didn't realize it until probably about a year ago how, yeah, that sunrise time, as much as it's beautiful and I love taking the photos, it's also a coping mechanism for me. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to share some time that Selena and I spent uh, just a couple days ago and she's going to share with you her different gratitude practices. She is uh, nine years old right now. She's doing so fantastic and I hope that our story uh, gives parents that are dealing with uh, these challenges with their own children some hope for the future that A, with the work and the counseling and the, the gratitude practices that things can get better and B, that you're not alone. You're not alone. It it's tough being a parent and I I would never trade it for the world. I love my daughter so much and I'm so incredibly grateful to have the gift of a child. And I thank you for, you know, being a part of this community and helping to grow not only your gratitude practice, but to teach others. And maybe today after listening to this podcast, You'll check in with your own kids and help them to start or grow their own gratitude practice. So here we go. Celine telling us about her gratitude practices. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and today I have a very special guest with me. I've invited my daughter, Celine, to join us. So welcome. Hello. Hi. So Celine has been a guest on the podcast before. Back in March, we did a podcast together on what unschooling is because we've been doing that for a while together and she wanted to share some of the things that she does for unschooling and help other parents. So the reason why Celine has been asked to be a guest again on the podcast is I just recently shared a blog post on teaching our kids to be more grateful. And Celine, are you a grateful kid? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I would say you are. We've been doing gratitude practices together. I mean, I don't, can you even remember when we started together? Maybe like 2014, 13. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you were four, probably four or five, five years old, we really started doing gratitude practices together. So how old are you now? Nine. Since you're an expert on gratitude. Actually, you know what? We're laughing, but a lot of adults have a hard time practicing gratitude on a daily basis on, or on almost every every day. And for you, what is the number one thing that you do for gratitude? I The number one thing is I do my gratitude journal. Yeah. So tell me about that. So you have a gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. Did you get to go pick it up, pick it out at the store? Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. I've been using it for like three years. Yeah, you're in your journal. third year in the same journal. Yes. Now, what do you usually write in that journal? I usually just write what I'm thankful for, that what happened today, and I'm thankful for and grateful for. Do you usually write like one thing or two things? Or mostly one thing. Sometimes I do two things. Right now, I mostly am doing two things, but like sometimes if it's really special, three, four things. Never mm -hmm. done five. No, not yet. Not yet. But I like because you've also grown to be doing more than one thing. Now you're looking for more things to write in your gratitude journal. Mm -hmm. Now I have a, it's a tough question for you, but I think you'll be able to answer it. Now, when you have a bad day, when things are difficult in your life, when you've had a frustrating day or an upsetting day, do you still write in your gratitude journal? I do. But I write about something that happened in the past that I like instead of the day that happened. Okay, so you pick something maybe that happened the day before. Yeah, sometimes sometimes I forget to do my gratitude. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I'm writing that for this day. Okay. Like, once I forgot like four days of gratitude, and I was like, huh, date, write, date, write. So you were trying to catch up with the four days yes. that you missed. Yes. But I would say that that's probably the longest you've gone without doing your gratitude is about four days. You're pretty yeah. good at doing it most days. And it's something you like to do before bed. And, you know, we take our journal with us when we travel and right. I think that's a really good habit to have to write in a gratitude journal. Can I ask you another question though? If, if a parent is listening and they want to help their child to start a gratitude journal, do you have any advice for them? Yeah, so at first, if you want to start, like at first when we started, I would tell my parents like what I was grateful for and they would start writing for me for like a few months or yeah, so. Yeah, just a few months. Then I asked my parents if I could start writing it and since then I've just been writing it. So I would say you'd start with like sticky notes or just a piece of paper, mm -hmm. write the date, you write what you're grateful for and at the end you sign your name. 
Yeah. And so you'd start that, then you would go up to a journal, then you then you'd start as like a tiny journal, not that long. But then you'd start with a long, big, long, uh, big journal, I'd say. Yeah, you have a big one now, for oh sure. Really, lots of pages. I'm literally not even done. <laughs> and you're in your third year on that same journal. <laughs> but yeah, so when we first started, um, we used the back of a page a day calendar. And she's right. So uh, her dad and I would write, you know, I am truly grateful for and then she would write maybe one word because right back then you were only five. So you were still learning four, four, how to write. Four, four. And then we would put them in a jar. And then mm -hmm. we had all these papers with something, all this stuff you were grateful for. We had all these papers in the jar. And at the end of the year, I don't know if you remember this, but at the end of the year, no, I said. It was on 2016. That's right. And at the end of the year, I said. Yeah. Do you want, so you would have been six by the end of the year, you would have been six. And I mm -hmm. said, should we, what should we do with these papers? And I thought, oh, we could, you know, burn them in the fireplace, you know, like as a ceremony. <laughs> and she's showing me the face. Um, no. No. And the answer was no. <laughs> so what did we do with all those special pieces of paper? We, these gratitude notes into a poster in my room. Mm -hmm. It's like. So it was like a Bristol board size. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we picked, we, we actually separated out the gratitude by month. No. <laughs> yeah, we did. No. We made piles and then you picked from each pile. I picked the most precious memories. Yeah, the most precious memories. And we made that gratitude board when we lived in Ontario. And it moved all the way from Ontario to BC, BC to the, uh, sorry, Vancouver Island. Vancouver Island. <laughs> Yeah, so that gratitude board is something that's been really special and precious, and, and you keep it. And you know what? It's really cool. I really like the idea of the gratitude board because now we can look back and we can see some of your favorite memories from that time. So I remember one right now. You remember one? Tell us which one. So I'm grateful for my friend Curtis, her mom, oh, if yeah. you're listening to this. Yeah. I wrote... I'm, I'm grateful for and thankful for playing with my friend Chris. And why was that special? Where were we when you were we playing? We were in Costa Rica. Yes, we were in Costa Rica. And he was like, yeah, they, they lived. Yeah, they live about a four-hour drive from where we used to live in Ontario. So you guys didn't really get to hang out much. Yeah. But you guys had a lot of fun together in Costa Rica, and we, we had, just kept laughing together. Oh, that's amazing that you remember that. And what we had done for that week that we were away is we had taken. A week's worth of the calendar with us and we were still writing while we were on vacation so those are some really helpful things what are the things are there other things that we do during the day to remember? remember my first journal you remember your first journal? Wonder woman. it was a wonder woman journal <laughs> yeah and we still have that right you kept it yeah we did yeah, and the back then your writing was really big and took up a lot of the page. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love how she's doing hand actions for an audio podcast. Yes, I know. But the good thing is, what I like to say too, is for kids that, you know, have maybe trouble with handwriting or maybe don't do a lot of writing, for example, over the summer, we're going into the summer months right now, a gratitude journal is a great way to continue to write, to continue to yes. work on spelling and to write things. Although I would say I wouldn't, I wouldn't focus too much on spelling in a gratitude journal be, unless the child asks for help with spelling because we don't want to discourage them from doing the gratitude journal if they're concerned about doing uh, proper spelling. Now, are there any other ways that we have 
gratitude during the day or anything yes, else that we do? We, we say prayers when before we eat. I know all of our stuff is in French. Our prayers I'm are like, in I'm French. trying to think how to. We just say thank you for this food, right? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank for you, this God, food, for this And then food. we say something else. So, yeah, we say thank you for our food. We try and remember that, you know, there were farmers that planted this food and then someone who picked it and packed it. And then a mommy or a daddy who usually makes the dinner. Sometimes you help, but not always. So Sometimes I help. And then what other ways, you know, do you just practice gratitude? Do you, can you think of other different ways that you do? Do you remember to say a lot of thank yous? And- uh, um... I'm trying to think right now. I'm trying to think of the best way. The best way? Well, I think one of the best ways is just remembering to mm-hmm. say thank you and to... Before, we used to say thank you in the mirror, but we don't do that. That's right. Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot. We used to do affirmations in front of the mirror and say kind things to ourselves in front of the mirror. I think we should start doing that again. Uh, uh, no. Not for you. I sleep too late. I just so tired every single <laughs> night, and I'm not gonna do that. Could we maybe start the day with something like that? Right. We can look in the mirror. Mm. Thank you for my eyes to see. Thank you for my nose to sniff, sniff, sniff. Don't sniff me. <laughs> thank you for my mouth to chew my food with my teeth, and thank you for my my taste buds to taste it. Right. Thank you. What about thank you for my heart that keeps beating? I think the heart one, but the teeth one is kind of uncomfortable. Well, especially for someone who just lost a tooth, right? You have less yeah. teeth to chew with. <laughs> I have one less tooth. So if you have friends that are listening and they've never done a gratitude journal or anything like this before, do you think it's important that they might consider starting? Yeah, I think it's good to say what you're thankful for. Do you think it helps you in in your life? Yes, it does a lot. It helps you with old memories that you've maybe forgotten. And yeah. It's a, definitely a good way of keeping track of your life and things that you've done, for sure. Do you think it it's good to be a person who remembers to be grateful? Yes. Yeah? Do you think your mommy's grateful? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, friends, I hope you've learned from this uh bit silly podcast with my daughter, but you know, you're never too young to start a gratitude process with your kids. They, I mean, the stuff that she remembers, it's interesting. I am surprised about some of the stuff that I thought she'd forgotten about that even I'd forgotten about that were part of our gratitude practice. And I think it's important to know that it's evolved and changed. And, you know, we write in our gratitude journals together. It's really part of our evening routine. So gratitude is a big part of it. And and it's also, you know, it's also super important to just remember that when things are difficult, having a gratitude practice in place can help us, right? It, even on the hardest days, if we can find just one sentence to write on our gratitude journals, that can make a tremendous difference. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening She's in. Making do you want to say anything before we go? Yes. Be grateful and follow your personal legend. Right, because we've been listening to The Alchemist audiobook before bed, and it talks about following your your personal legend. Yes, and I am already following my personal legend. Well, that's okay. You can, if you're following your personal legend at nine years old, that's amazing. So, yes. all right. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. My friend, you did it. You made it all the way to the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking around. 
I would love it if you take the time to subscribe to the podcast so that when new episodes are released, they're automatically downloaded so you can listen to them anywhere you are. It would really mean the world to me if you would give this podcast a five-star review, should you think that I deserve it, on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for taking the 30 to 90 seconds to share your rating and give a little review of the podcast. It helps other people to know if they should be listening to this podcast or not. And of course, if you've listened to this far, I know it's made a positive impact in your life. So if it's helped you, do you think you could share it with a friend? Who do you know who could use just a little bit more gratitude and inspiration in their life? And finally, if you're like me and you love talking about gratitude and being grateful and sharing all things related to gratitude, please join our community on Facebook. You can find us under Groups Gratitude Ambassadors, and we'd love to welcome you into our community. Thanks, and we'll see you at the next episode.